It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Sank, Swim, or Fly. Hello, Swing Swimmer Fly. We're with uh, Chris Eric. What's up, man? Hey, man. How are you? Good. I'm real good. Good. Good to hear. Well, this was a good talk, man. <laughs> All right. Later. <laughs> okay. Good night. Actually, sink, swim, or fly. Drop drop your input just a little bit. Sure. Because absolutely. I'm seeing the waves now on my end. I don't know if you are. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I switched up. I can always to the mic. Okay, you might be better. Oh, go ahead. Looking good there. I can, yeah, I switched up to the microphone you said, so I think I had to back it off some. Cool. Yeah, I can always bring us up. It's like I can't take us down. <clears throat> I gotcha. So, yeah, um, we were just talking about Chris Eric. Um, yet when people call me the last name Eric, I, I didn't realize it was Eric until I heard. Uh, now, Todd's got a last cool, crazy last name, Parapasic. <laughs> Uh, I I have I was this many days old when I found out how it was actually pronounced. When I I, I hung out with him and knew him for uh, probably three years, and I was like, <laughs> and I, I've seen his name on like Messenger and stuff. But I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, what's your last name? Parapasic. I'm like, really? <laughs> Are you sure that's your last name? Because that is not what that looks like. But uh, I can always tell when like telemarketers or something's calling me because they say mm-hmm. Smillo. Oh, that's good. So, Smilo. so one of them's anybody that says, you know, I've had a couple say Smilo and is this Mr. Smilo? I'm like, actually, I can't believe you got that right. And it is, it's me. Yeah. Oh, I'm not, in, yeah, yeah. I'm not interested. And then I hang up. <laughs> yeah. Poor, <laughs> poor Joylene. Like she, she married me. Nobody gets her first name right. And then she married me. So nobody gets the last name right. So every once in a while she'll get a call. Like, is this Jaylene Urich? And she's like, no, no, it is not. Click. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I thought it was like, Urich. Yeah, yeah. You're again. You're in very good company there. There are a lot of people that way. Um. So what's up, brother? We've been talking about uh, doing a podcast with you for a while. I'm glad we're actually getting it done. Yeah, yeah. It's really nice. Well, your um, your your buddy Todd, last name that I still can't pronounce, even though you said it 15 seconds ago. Peropasic. Peropasic. Plenty probably... of practice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just don't feel like I'm going to get that right. We <laughs> we were trying to do a thing over the weekend. It, it finally came out today, and we did it three separate days because there were like problems, and then we just ended up. Uh, I'm sorry, is this a um, is, is this an explicit or non-explicit podcast? Oh yeah, you you can uh, you can keep it as clean or as dirty as you want, whatever way. Oh, I was just going to say we were bullshitting for like <laughs> we we looked up and we had been bullshitting for like two hours plus and like I'm messaging him the next day and we we're talking and I'm like, yeah, I guess we went from acquaintances to friends on this weekend. He's like, yeah, I guess we did. So we got a lot out of it, even though we didn't get a lot done. Yeah. Todd's a cool dude, man. And he can, uh, he, he lives fairly close to me. Like I was telling you, so he'll stop by yeah. and we'll, we'll have like a topic or something that we're trying to do or, or some sort of uh project that we're working on. And then we just start talking. I'm like, dude, we have done nothing. <laughs> We have done absolutely <laughs> nothing that we're supposed to be but doing. But have, have you done nothing or have you just done something else? 
we did it. We did just what needed to be done. You know, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how we felt. Uh, yeah, it was, it was just a lot of fun and it, you know, this is such a weird time that just to like reach out and get to talk to somebody for a little while, it was the equivalent we were saying of like a conversation in a bar where you ran into somebody you kind of know, but you don't know them that well. And three hours later, you're still talking and laughing. You know, it's like, oh yeah, people. I miss people. I miss people hard. You know, that's I would, that's pretty. That's kind of why I like doing this podcast. Now, I don't. Mm-hmm. I, shout out to everybody who listens. Um, it, it, it's hard to tell how many people actually do listen, but um, from the numbers that I get, but um, mm-hmm. it's just I have a lot of fun doing it because yeah, granted, we're using some technology, we're using some mics, we're recording recording it uh, i guess you could call it entertainment or whatever it is but at the core of it it's just me having a conversation with another person and then sometimes you lose the fact that you're doing a podcast you're putting out some sort of media you kind of lose that and then you connect with somebody and at the end of it it's like you know what i just had an hour two hour conversation with somebody and i learned a lot about them and i was not expecting that or, or, or I was expecting that for the podcast, but like, that's not something I don't have people over or call people. I, you know, I wouldn't call you up randomly on a, on a Monday night and talk for an hour or two. Yeah. That'd be just weird. I'm like, Oh my God, smile. Are you okay? <laughs> like we should get one. every once in a while, somebody will call and I, it's always weird. Even if it's somebody I really like, I know well, or somebody I really, really like, I'm like, I, I don't answer. Hey, what's going on? Like, are, are you okay? Are, are you in jail? Like, what's going on? <laughs> is everything is everything going to be all right? Everybody okay? It's like, well, both of my folks are gone, so it's not that call. So that's too bad. Sorry. That's too bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> sorry to get so sorry to go so dark in like the first five minutes, but oh no, you you're know, fine. Kinda, you're fine. Yeah, it turns out that kind of thing always stays with you. It's at the back of your head every once in a while. My uh, my wife just lost her mom like I don't know three four weeks ago, so it's. You know, it's kind of in the air, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she had been suffering for a long time. She'd been in an accident like four years ago, was in rehab. So depending on how you look at it, it could be a blessing, but it's still not, you know, nobody hopes for that. Yeah, it's one of those, um, the people I work for, the the one, the guy, they're a married couple, and uh, he just lost his dad like six or seven weeks ago. And then at work, recently she got a call and just started crying and was like my dad just died and and they're uh, they're a few years older than me um mm-hmm. but it just kind of put it to perspective like oh you know that's kind of crazy you just she's like he was healthy as an ox always mm-hmm. out working in the driveway on the car or whatever like this is really unexpected and she was broken and i just you know you kind of think of your parents as people that are going to be there forever um i haven't even yeah and just i uh, recently been kind of thinking like you know my folks aren't going to last forever um so yeah that's yeah. i couldn't imagine that's that'd be a weird thing and they're just for me it's just been people that i always thought would be there you know mm-hmm. yeah and that's that's another thing i think at the back of your head no matter how you feel about your own mortality i think you always feel like well my folks are going to be there and like especially if i don't know how you were raised i i basically like just had my dad growing up my mom wasn't in the picture uh and so when she passed in 08 it was sad but i didn't grow up with her so it's not the same and my dad went like i guess about i want to say about two years yeah august will be two years and that was 
they and the weird thing is they um for some reason they they sent the um not the police what's the other thing that they do the deputies or whatever it is uh sheriff, they look like sheriff yeah yeah the sheriffs they look like police but it's not quite the same they sent a couple of guys out here like 10 o'clock at night and i i come from a long line of guilty consciences and i'm like in the back of my head i'm like is this from like some bill i didn't pay in 1998 or something and and they come in and they tell me and i just you know joylene you know she he basically you know we've been together for 20 years so he was pretty much her dad for the last 20 years so she lost it and i just didn't know what to say i'm like well thank you for coming i'm sure this is a very difficult thing for you to do and i shook their hands and let them go you know and you you just don't know i think i think you figure when you get a little older that you know it's like well i had a lot of good years with them and then you don't and it turns out it's it's never quite enough it's it's for me it's strange because i Mm -hmm. you know and and rest in peace to your folks man sorry to hear that i appreciate it um it's it just it's weird to think about because um i had a couple grandparents pass when i was really young Mm -hmm. Um, and i guess i was kind of too young to really and not appreciate but really get the situation um and and we didn't you know i was probably like even nine or ten and i remember every being everybody being really sad and it just me not really understanding what was happening And, and but and then in addiction, I've, you know, for, uh, using friends, I've had so many die, but it's kind of one of those right. things. It's like, you know, you saw it coming. Like, that's what happens when you're using chemicals like that. Um, but I haven't had, you know, God forbid, knock on wood, I haven't had, a, a you know, a, a really, really close, you know, out of the blue sober friend or, or, a, mm-hmm. or a really close relative, um, I guess that's something like us as people, we really don't dwell on too much. And, and then maybe that's why it hits you so hard when it happens. Yeah. And you can't, I mean, cause you can't, if you, if you just obsess on death, you're never going to do anything. You, you won't live your life. You have to, at some point you have to just kind of accept, yeah, there's an end point, but that doesn't mean that you don't do anything before the end point. You don't have to, you know, rush toward it. So yeah it, it this this topic is just life in general i mean i don't sometimes i'm i'm like wondering like how how isn't everybody freaking out like mm-hmm. <laughs> like what are we where did we come from um like is there a god are we we're spinning around in this infinite space and you know I, you know what i mean it's like it's i do i, don't know I do if it's anxiety or i'm just crazy but i i'm like you know I mean, it's maddening i think well I mean, I think it depends on your personality and how you're wired because I, I developed the ability to compartmentalize maybe a little too well at times. Like I can just put something in a box and not think about it for like three years or whatever. And then it comes back at some point, it hits you, but like, you know, sorry to keep bringing everything down. No, no, no. It's all good. Yeah. Back in, back in September, uh, real easy to remember because it was September 11th. I was driving Joylene to work and she was not okay. And I took her to the ER and she had a stroke Uh, and she's doing real well. Now she's 42. She's 43. Now she's back to work full time. She's, I I can't say she's a hundred percent, but she's pretty close, but like no history, like enviably low blood pressure and, and cholesterol, all of it. It just like threw a clot and just had it, you know, and she could have, 
and you can't you know that that like you can't do the what if game because the what if game madness is the only thing that lies that way like i drive i drove her to work every day well if it had happened 20 minutes later she would have been at her desk and she wouldn't have realized what was happening because she didn't know what was going on she just couldn't talk and she would have been gone you know like if if it had happened then she would have been gone if we hadn't you know if we caught a flat i wouldn't have gotten her to the er and she'd be gone or she'd you know be considerably more impaired but you can't do it or at yeah. least i can't do it it goes in the box because if it doesn't go in the box that you go crazy that's a blessing though it seemed like um yeah it, it seemed like if something like that's going to happen um mm -hmm. at least it happens at a moment where you can deal with it yeah. or be there to help yeah and you could do something like I, the fact that I don't consider myself an especially brave person or an especially strong person, but the strongest moment I've ever had is not driving the car off the road, getting her to the ER. Cause I've never been more terrified ever in my life. Like I really, like I thought my heart was going to jump out of my chest or something. And just the fact that I got her to the ER and got her to people who could take care of her is like, okay, at least I managed that. Yeah, like not much else, but at least I got that part done. So, yeah, I mean, just thank God you were there. You know, I mean, what if she happened to be driving uh, to work herself? Well, luckily she doesn't drive, so. She's never drove? Uh, she grew up in Manhattan, and then oh, I yeah, met her. That'll do it. Yeah, yeah, and then she she moved to Baltimore to go to Hopkins for college. And I joined her college band and then the band didn't work out, but we did. And, you know, <laughs> I've, and I've been, I've been driving her around since. And, you know, she, she, we had talked about like her getting her license and we were about to talk about it. And then this went and happened. And then we're like, I'm like, I don't ever expect you to try to get your license. She's like, yeah, I don't, I don't feel comfortable with it. There's a song in yeah. that. The band didn't work out, but we did. <laughs> I, I, I'd hazard to say that most of our songs since then have more or less been about that. <laughs> as soon as you said that, I just uh, immediately thought, what a killer lyric. Yeah, well, you, you, I've, if I don't use it, you can. Yeah, pass the time. Um, so, so, yeah, you guys are from, you guys are both originally from Baltimore. Uh, she is from New York, and I am from Baltimore. Uh, when she went to college in Hopkins, I, at Hopkins in Baltimore, Wait, you just I, I you just told me she was from Manhattan. My bad. <laughs> I did not. You know, there there were a lot of technical technical related issues going on. I heard some banging in the background. You had to get your kid to sleep. There's a lot going on, man. <laughs> oh man. So Chris, you are, and we'll kind of bounce around here. You are a songwriter, sure. and you currently live in Erie, Pennsylvania. I do. Um, with your lovely wife that you met in Baltimore. Correct. So how old are you, Chris? I am 47, which is the weirdest number to be. It, it's just such an odd, out-of-place number. How old, old are you? 47. No, really. How old are you? No, it's 47. <laughs> you know, 46 made sense. 48 sounds pretty good. 47 is just such a weird number. It's just a made-up number, man. It, it it's totally it totally is a made up number. I wouldn't have guessed you were yeah. forty seven. I I'd figure a few years older than me. Yeah. Well, that that's nice of you. I think I think it's it's from the general air of immaturity that I give off. 
I had, <laughs> I had that with, with Texter when we became friends. He's like, yeah, I didn't think you were that old. It's like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really start drinking till I moved to Erie. So I have like 20 years less like alcohol related damage to me than a lot of people I know. <laughs> so I think that's part of it. I just am not quite as beat up, you know, you, ne- there's, you, there's ne- always you never drank. Uh, I, I drank sparingly. There's like, you know how like your Facebook memories come up and like there was one from 10 years ago and I'm like, so second beer on a Tuesday night, yay or nay. And I'm reading that now. I'm like, that's so cute. Look at me. Not drinking at all. Yeah. I, I didn't go. I didn't know my way around bars when I met Joylene and I was like 26. So that should tell you, like, I had never spent any time in bars other than like playing. When, when, like, when, when did you start picking music? Uh, well, geez, I got a, I got a guitar when I was 15 and my first band didn't really happen until I was like 19. There's some really unfortunate pictures of me with, with shoulder length hair and a headband and a mustache. It's not good. That sounds fantastic to me. It is not. (laughs) I I will, I will send you the picture and you will laugh because it is funny. Joylene sees those pictures and she's like, honey, maybe it's a good thing you lost your hair. So I just shave my head now. It's easier. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever seen you without a hat on. Uh, it happens. I honestly, I, I had like took my hat off for something and somebody's like, I didn't know you were bald. It's like, I didn't think I was hiding it from anybody. It's mm. just usually it's either, either the sun's out or it's cold mm. or it's raining or there's snow. I'm just trying to keep stuff off. Erie, Erie is a good place for hats. It's a good hat town. I mean, and again, you know, I, 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 uh, good purchase I made right before all this happened. I got one of those nice like ribbon shavers so I can like shave my head like down to the skin without like, you know, using a razor blade. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You, you find a, you don't, you don't appear to have that problem. Everything I see of you, you seem to have a pretty good hank of hair there. I'm I'm just now, I'm just now starting to get like the hairline and, uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. A little bit. And it, and it's, I think it's fine. You know, mm-hmm. I think, people that are bald would be insulted that I was upset about it. <laughs> but, you know, people, you know, I don't, I don't know how old you are. I don't know how old you Take are. Take a guess. Uh, well, I know you're in your thirties. I'm going to say 33, 34, somewhere around there. 33. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I feel like I heard it at some point And like, I was listening back to some of these podcasts. I, I finally got listed Todd's the other day. Well, this podcast is a reason we're... So somebody's listening. Somebody's listening. Oh, yeah. It was definitely me. I was like... Because we had, you know, I I think I I came into very brief contact with you, like, right when we got here. And we, like, talked a little bit and something happened and we stopped talking. And then I saw you did a podcast. I'm like, I guess I'll listen to this. I started listening to it. When you start listening to somebody talk for hours, personally, I can't just hate on somebody for hours and hours. I won't listen, you know, kind of <laughs> starts to let you know who they are as a person. I'm like, that's why I reached out. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I, I like your podcast. I, I, you know, it'd be good to talk to you again. Well, well it was really nice when you did reach out and, and you had said something, I'm going to kind of throw it out there, but you had said something oh, like, sure. you know, I got some bad vibes, uh, heard some yeah. things and just wasn't your biggest fan initially. And after mm-hmm. hearing you speak, um, kind of humanized me apparently to you a little bit and and that really meant a lot to me because um i'm one of those guys it's like honestly deep down just a big sweetheart and then 
when I'm partying and using and, and, and drinking, it's just like mm -hmm. a whole nother me comes out. And unfortunately, a lot of people were around or, or got that vibe uh, from me. You know, you're not the only one, uh, but I appreciate you reaching out and, and you listening to, uh, to the podcast. That's badass. Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. And, and I, I appreciate in turn, I, I appreciated how you took it. You know, you weren't like, uh, yeah, well, yeah, you, you should go, go fuck yourself. But yeah, it's fine. And you're like the the way you took it was so gracious. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'd, I'd like to keep talking to this guy. You know, it was just, it was nice, you know, cause not everybody, a lot of people can't take an apology, yeah. you know, like, I, I can't tell you how many times I've run into it where you just go, you know what? I'm, I'm sorry. It was my fault. I, I did this. I'm not going to use the name, but I had this with somebody the, like a week or two ago. And I got so irritated because I like, we were messaging back and forth and I said something sarcastic and they messaged something back about, yeah, I don't, you don't have to be that way. And I said, you know what? And I just like, and I just took it, you know, normally you just let that kind of thing escalate. And I just took it. I'm like, you know what? You're right. If I was being overly sarcastic, I apologize. And instead of going fine or no go to hell, he just started going on about, you know, is that how you want to be dealt with? He started dragging me like you drag your kid. Yeah. You know, do you exactly. know what you meant? And it's like, so I, I, instead of like going back at it, I, I just started sending him pictures of my dog and I'm like, we're, we're out playing with the dog. It is fun. And it, <laughs> and it made me laugh. <laughs> Sometimes, uh, all you can do is just, you know, be kind. I've definitely been mm -hmm. the kind of guy that, that, that snaps on people or been snooty or whatever. Oh, um, sure. We've all been there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anymore you know, turn the other cheek or as, as best as possible. It's one of those things where, um, with me, I've done a lot of shitty stuff and I've got some level of guilt and I'm working through all that. And, um, I try to be respectful and apologetic to people that, that deserve it. Um, but then mm -hmm. like standing your ground and being assertive, um, it's mm -hmm. also, I think kind of a hard thing for, um, for the artist type mind, you know, like, uh, well, sure. So it's, uh, I fight that balance all the time. Like, let's like, like, should I tell this guy to fuck off? Not you, but, but you know what I mean? Like, no, no, but the, the guy in question. <laughs> oh, and I want to so bad sometimes, you know, and then there's, there's that totally wanting to be liked thing. It's funny. Cause I have these other friends. Uh, do you know 50 miles to empty? Is that a band? They're, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a husband and wife duo who happen to be the same age as me and Joylene and they're lovely folks. We hit it off with them the second we met them. And the funny thing is they started playing music as adults. So when they talk about shows or places they'll play or, or the money they'll take, it is not from an area of need or desire to be liked at all. It is we're adults we provide this service. We would like to come do it for you. But if you're not willing to meet our, what we need, then this is where we part. And it's not it's not nasty. It's not angry. But it is assertive in a way that those of us, I think, who started playing music as kids, when in a way you're looking for approval, you, you're not quite capable of it. Or at least I, I'm not. Like even now I have, I have times when I have trouble with that. You know, like, really, you want me to play? You want me to do that thing that I don't want to do? Well, I, I, I'll do it because you asked, you know? Absolutely. I mean, I still, 
I, I, sometimes I don't think of it as something that's actually valuable. And then when you meet people mm-hmm. that kind of like, lead, you know, lead on, you know, you know, what you do is, is valuable. Not everybody can do that. And, and, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it is hard. Sometimes I think we're our own worst critics. At least I am. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. But it's, yeah, I still get on stage. I mean, I remember the last time I think I saw you in person was at room 33 and, and the sound at that open mic uh, specifically right. happened to be right. really rough. Um, and I hadn't played, I probably hadn't played out and especially in front of like some eerie musicians in probably almost a year. Um, you looked a little raw. You looked a little raw when I, you were there. I was terrified. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to go with raw, but there, there did seem to be some terror. For what it's worth, in the room, it sounded good. There can be some trouble as far as like on that stage, yeah. but, but the room itself sounded good. But all that to say that I, I still uh, I still get that shaken in my boots feeling sometimes when, I'm try- <gasps> when you're trying to impress and you're trying to be good mm-hmm. and, um, you know trying to do yeah. what you do. I don't know about you, but have you ever been sitting in your room and you're playing um, and it's just you and a guitar and you hit that like, oh man, this feels and sounds great. And then you get on a stage and you plug in with all the electric and all the people and all the chatter. And it's like everything, uh, that whole warm sound just is gone. And now I'm just trying to like, you know, wade through these waters of madness uh, <laughs> only only every time <laughs> like I'll, I'll work on stuff at home and i'm like oh this is going okay but i also have the problem of like if i'm practicing stuff by myself i have trouble practicing because i'll go i don't, I don't want to work on this i, I want to write something and I'll start like wandering off into something else. So if I have a show coming up, the only way that I could practice for it really was to go play a bunch of open mics. And so I'd, I'd like, fine, I'm just fine. And I was so irritated. This is the blow to the ego. It's like, you mean I don't, I can't just naturally go and play this without any practice. You mean, you mean I actually require the same repetition that every person who has ever played music in the history of music and life also need yeah, or, or, you know, try- or you think you have it and then you get on stage yeah. and it's like i don't have it i haven't practiced this no. song in it's like eight months uh, yeah <laughs> it's like or, or you just you lose track of time you're like because i once knew this song and how this song went and how to sing this song i will always know that and it's not true it's not a bicycle you know <laughs> It's not at all like you, you have to put the time in or it doesn't work. And I, and I have a problem with that because I, I quit all the time. I'm like, I don't don't want to do that. I just, there's something like I have friends and I see them. They just, they grind so hard. They keep going. And I'm, and I just have times where like, I can't, I just like, I, I got tagged in like some of those, like, like live streaming things. Like you can do a live stream that's sponsored by this or with that. And I'm like, no, thank you. You know, like I, I, like I try to be nice about it, but it's like, I, no, I just, there are times I don't want to. And it's always, it's always qualified with me anyway. Cause I didn't, I didn't start writing for myself and singing the songs myself really until we got to Erie until like, I didn't really start playing on my own to like, I don't know, three years ago. What were you and doing up was- until that point? Just like covers? No, no, never did covers. I wrote the songs with Joylene Sangam. We've been we've been doing music together since Jesus, nineteen ninety eight. 
you know, we've been together. We've been together since the nineties. You are welcome. Single women of the world. So you were, but, you were, you were guitar man and she was, yeah. she was lead vocal. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But, uh, unfortunately she's just not in a place to really sing right now. So, uh, before from just being really busy and overwhelmed at work and then medical issues, um, where we are hopeful that that will change at some point, but we, we had a, a good a good couple of talks about it, and there's no hard feelings. I just, I kind of need to go, you know. Well, back when you could go out in the world, I needed to go play. And Didn't you, you know, do, so, I've seen you guys together, and what was the name of your guys' duo again? Uh, the Honest Mistakes. <laughs> we were, uh, we were, we were an electric band in Baltimore. You all right? Yeah, just a little yeah. cough. Yeah, a little bit of a cough going. Yeah, now, is it the red cough or the dry cough that's bad? <laughs> it's probably never... it's probably from this vape. Oh, you're doing that. I quit about... I, I quit cigarettes and I've been uh I've been vaping for probably almost two years, close to. How's that? Um, is that working out better? Yeah, it I can not to change the subject on you. Um No, not at all. I asked. Um, but uh yeah, I, I honestly from somebody who was a heavy smoker to vaping i can tell a noticeable difference uh as far as like even just riding my bike um mm-hmm. I, I i have a lot more wind um i can't say if it's actually you know it's i don't i don't think it's great for you i think it's a step down from cigarettes but who knows the long-term effects um <laughs> no, not it's not vitamins you know yeah you know um, it's funny i i uh fun fact uh never smoked an actual cigarette uh, I've, I've certainly gotten enough, um, secondhand smoke to qualify mm-hmm. when, uh, when Joylene and I started playing together way back in Baltimore, we'd, we'd be in bars so much that I started to develop a smoker's cough, but I never smoked. Dude, so, people, people die from secondhand. Oh yeah. People die oh, from absolutely. secondhand cigarettes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I managed to, to not do that, but I was just never, never a smoker, but I'd be going to bars here back when Scotty's was a place you'd go to. And I had people like, how can you go there? It's so smoky. I'm like, it's a bar. Bars are bad for you. You know, the smoke's bad. The alcohol's poison. You know, you go there because it's fun, not because it's good for you. That place had a really good vibe going for a while. Um, it I was, really I, did. It kind of like, I don't, I was kind of out of the loop, but it like kind of ended apparently like they're done with music or. Yeah. There was some issue with, with Scotty, just like he had some kind of problems with the bands or something. And, and he, he started, he, he posted a thing about like requiring a deposit for Max to play. And it went very quickly from that to like an uproar about it to, okay, no more music. And that was it. That's that, that pay to play shit is like, what is that from like the eighties? Yeah, that's so like Gazaris and the Strip and whatnot. I've never heard. Yeah. I've never heard of that on like a like a local level like this. Yeah, I mean, you could. Un- I I don't know. It's just I'm not. I'm not going to go either side. I I was bummed that it was over because I made like I really made like a lot of my friends at Scotty's between the open mic from just going to listen and talk to people to like playing a little bit and like. Then I ended up hosting the open mic there some, and it was just, you know, it was, it was a bummer. I saw a lot of good shows there. It was just. 
open mics, know. open mics in certain venues at certain times can really do that. Um, were you, mm-hmm. I don't know if you weren't around when the crooked eye was a thing, were you? No, no. The crooked eye was, uh, the crooked eye was right before I got here. Apparently we got here. Jeez. I guess it's been about four years now. And, um, yeah, we um we missed out. I've heard I've heard a lot of stuff, and I saw apparently isn't there a lot of stuff from there at the Rook now? Didn't yeah, it, it kind of had a different vibe, um, different setup. the The Crooked Eye would bring in you know more of a open ended you know of genres. It it was like you'd see a hip hop show there, you'd see a metal show there, you'd see a bluegrass show mm-hmm. there, you'd see a punk show there. So it had a lot. Um, more of a variety going on. Um, I think Rook on average does a lot better with numbers. Um, they do a lot of like the hippie bands, which seems to be real popular around here. But yeah, but, people but, love jam bands around here. Dude, I grew, I kind of grew up, uh, you know, well through high school into jam bands, and that's what eventually got me into to music. But um, huh. just to kind of tie it together, the the crooked eye was that for me. Um, I, I'm from. Ohio originally, and then lived in Pittsburgh for a while and moved to Erie in 2012 and just said, you know, I'm going to hit up an open mic. And I met, I met all these people got, you know, tied in with bands and projects and then eventually started playing other venues and touring and stuff. But a good open mic can be that it can like, yeah, it can, uh, you know, it's like an incubator. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I started, I started like running the, um, I started helping with the, of all things, the Blasco had like a monthly open mic and I started hosting that a while ago and I did it for a couple of years and, and like a nice little warm community started in that. Cause there's a lot of people who want to play who do not want to go in a bar and, and, and it was good while I was there. I enjoyed it. What's that place called? Uh, the Blasco library down on the water. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's what yeah, I thought you said. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. that. I love that building. Uh, yeah, me too. I miss it like with a lot of things. I just miss, you know, things. Being able it, to go places and it, do things. It, it does. It is weird because it has only been. How long have we been on this lockdown? Uh, let's see. We we started officially on. I've lost um, all track of time, Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tyler, I'll do what I can for you. Uh, <laughs> Uh, March 13th is when we had like, it was the kids like a half day of school oh, and like wow. my, my wife's like last day at work. And what are we at now? What's today? Like the 11th or 12th, something like that. It is May 11th. Yeah. See my, a, a lot of people lose track of days. I don't lose them quite as much because I have two like school age kids who are like doing school from home. We're going on so, two months. Yeah, yeah, and there are people pushing so hard to like open everything up again. It, it's strange. Um, mm-hmm. You, I, I think it's gotten in my head. Like I'll be watching something on TV, and I'll see people like really close. I'm like, ooh, they're way too close. They're way yeah. too, you know, I think it's 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 this whole thing has got to be getting into people's psyches. I know it's getting yeah. into mine. But like, yeah, like we're talking. Oh, I miss that place. You know, I remember back when we used to play shows. It's like it seemed forever ago. Oh yeah. Remember things, remember places, remember stuff. The other day I was like, uh, I work in a kitchen, um, mm-hmm. um, cooking food and stuff and I get all greasy and I, 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 I kind of started wearing clothes there that, that I shouldn't have been. And I'm thinking the other day, like, man, I got to go, you know, go out to Gabe's or go out somewhere and get some jeans and get a couple of shirts. And I'm trying to line up a ride cause I'm currently not driving. And I'm like, wait, 
none of this shit's even open. Like I'm not allowed to yeah. go into these places. Um, yeah, yeah. That is crazy. Amazon.com is like your only way. You know, I don't do a lot of, uh, I don't go out to the mall a lot. I don't do a lot of shopping. I do order online quite a bit for music and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So it just was one of those first moments where like, I wanted to go do yeah. something, you know, other than playing shows obviously, but no, I know what you mean. It's weird. Like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. I forgot. You couldn't go get like, if like the kids wanted like Mad Max from the mall, like up until recently, you couldn't do that. You couldn't, you know, we had to like get groceries delivered, which is not cheap. You know, they put some sort of fee on it because I saw that people were oh, doing yeah. that, but I, I didn't know how that worked. Yeah, there's like a there's a service charge there's a delivery charge, and then you're supposed to tip the driver, which makes sense. You know, you want to tip them, but it's like it, it adds up fast. Uh, and now we're just doing like, you know, pick up where they bring it out and put it in your car. And then I, you know, I just feel lousy because I see the people doing that. I'm like, I really wish I could give you money, but we can't go near each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's got people spooked. Uh, I ride my bike to work every day and I'll see, you know, folks walking down the road, walking their dog or whatever with gloves and a mask on. And, Mm -hmm. um, this has got a lot of people scared. Yeah. And a lot of people not scared at all, but that's a, I feel like it's somewhere in the middle, you know, you don't need a hazmat suit on to check the mailbox, but then again, you shouldn't be an asshole and be like the other day. Cause I wouldn't say that I'm overly scared. We've kind of talked about this. Um, Mm -hmm. I've kind of been Mm -hmm. precautious. I'm I'm cautious. I work alone primarily. Um, we're only doing like one cook where I work. Um, I haven't been doing shows. We haven't been doing band practice. So, uh, just been pretty much isolating like we're supposed to except for working but like the other day i'm in the store and uh you know there you know there's a you got to wear a mask you got to have you know that on to go in the store i turn around and there's somebody like i hear a text go off and i turn around and this guy is like dude like closer even if we weren't wearing masks and all that like he was just too close to me and he's got no mask on nothing like that and um not that I panicked, but I was just like, Jesus, like this dude obviously doesn't, does he even know what's going on? <laughs> you yeah. Know, like, what the not, hell? It's not optimal. Yeah. Some people just, they do not care. It's, um, I don't know. I, <laughs> so anyway, I remember when we used to get to play music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just such a bummer to talk about. As soon as you start talking about, people not getting it and the whole idea of flattening the curve. And some people are like, no, it's fine. Just wash your hands. It's like, no, there, there appears to be a little more than that going on. Yeah. It's uh, it, we'll, we'll see how this all pans out. Um, I'm curious and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm kind of one of those question everything guys. So I'm questioning the people that are really freaked out. And then I'm also questioning the people that aren't freaked out and I'm yeah. somewhere in the middle um, and just kind of like, I just think it's going to change, you know, and we can change topics in a moment if you want, but I, yeah, I, I just think, it, I think it's just going to change us, you know, like mm-hmm. even just a couple of months, a few months, you know, I think all this stuff is going to pan out for at least, you know, whatever the phasing down, it's going to go on for a while. And, uh, I think it's going to change society a little bit. I wonder, I wonder if it will or not. I think I, I was talking to somebody about it and like, maybe this will change how people, you know, feel about it and they'll kind of bring the right and the left together. And I'm like, the, the, if a global pandemic won't make people like kind of edge toward the middle together a little bit more, 
to basically be mildly inconvenient so other people don't die. I don't know what's going to. Yeah. You know, I think I just don't know. Things are heating up one way or another. It's like everybody's yeah. going to come together or everything's going to implode. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy times, Chris. It is. It is indeed. May, what, what's the old Chinese curse? May you live in interesting times? <laughs> indeed. So let's, uh, let's yeah. hop right here. I was curious about this. How, uh, how do you go about writing songs? And I asked this because for the longest time, I sat down with the guitar and I kind of picked around until I found like a, a chord uh, progression or something that I liked and a picking style I liked. And then I'd start throwing out like, hmm, hmm, hmm. and then eventually I would throw out some words and some phrases and then kind of build it from there. And that method's not exactly working out for me anymore. And I've been considering, which I've never done, is um, writing lyrics ahead of time and then and then mm-hmm. putting them to some music later. So I'm kind of curious. Um, this is something I want to start asking the singer-songwriters I have on uh, the podcast. Tell me about your process. Okay. Well, it's it's weird to be asked about a process that's been unsuccessful for a couple of months. <laughs> it seems like since, since so all this happened. It's not just me then. No, 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 no. People are like, I'm being really, I'm being really productive right now. I'm like, you can really go to hell because I am not. I, I think part of it, uh, the, the lack of productivity, I think more than anything, less the panic and more just like the new responsibilities. Because I was a stay-at-home dad and I kind of had my time to myself before. But now like my, my time that would have been to myself to run errands or do whatever is now and not like I I posted up and like you know wrote for four hours a day or anything it never worked that way but it seemed like I'd get the idea and work on things right before they got off the bus or something well now there's no bus so now there's no time so the only time I um you know I would normally like you know it's lonely if I if I go to work on something I go to the other side of the house like I'm sitting in my wife's office I have like my stuff set up I think I sent you a picture at some point it's me sitting literally in the closet facing out of the closet because that's where all my gear is but like if i'm going to go work on a song i got to go all the way to the other side of the house where it's a little colder and you're by yourself and maybe here scratching from outside as opposed to where a nice big warm living room with the big tv and the big couch and everything it's like it's real easy not to do anything uh but to answer the previous question the process uh, the most likely thing to happen would be I would be doing something not music related and get a phrase in my head. And that phrase would be interesting to me enough that I would record it in my notes in my iPhone. I used to like scribble things on a, on a piece of paper, but now really it's, it's on my iPhone. And if I'm interested in that idea, I'll go look at it and I'll start, it'll start rattling off lyrics and I'll suddenly have like a whole song worth of lyrics written. And I have a, a long history of paying a lot of attention to like older forms of pop music, like show tunes and Tin Pan Alley and all that. So what I figured at this point is that stuff is ingrained enough in my head. The form is that if I start writing things out, invariably it comes out in the form of a song and not just like blank verse poetry. And then I'll start like, you know, I get part of the tune in my head and then I start chasing chords around. Uh, There'll be lots of times where I do the thing that you said, where I just start, you know, playing chords I like or rhythm I like and then 
you know, start mumbling over top of it. And then, you know, those, those vowel noises will lean themselves toward some kind of words and then you're off to the races. Did that answer the question? Yeah, it, it did. And it, it um, all this has really been coming to mind. I, I, and I've talked, I talked about this a couple episodes ago, but I watched, I uh, recently watched that country music documentary. Um, I think it was through PBS, a guy named Ken Burns um, mm-hmm. did it. And it's like a several series, very long thing about the, the birth of country music. And uh, how is that? Cause I, I loved his baseball one. His oh baseball my, one is Chris. Insane it, it was great. fantastic. I mean, I, I I might be a little cheesy or a little gushy, but it brought, there was points of it that, that brought me to tears and, and how it explained basically how the Carter family like developed country music. Um, and they didn't even realize it. And these people were just like, Oh, I heard, you know, if you sing into this can, you'll get a nickel. Um, Hmm. and these people were like the, the birth of all this Americana and folk stuff. And, and, but anyway, I, I would watch that. And, and, and then I recently watched the, uh, so I was the, the songwriting in this, the roots of it all were kind of just in my mind. Cause I've been saying with you the last couple of months, I've just been distracted of a lot going on. And Oh yeah. I, and I haven't been, I got all this gear lately and recording stuff. And, um, and it's just like, I get it all set up and then I'm like blank. Um, like, shit, I don't want to just re- set up and record stuff. I've already recorded. I want to write some new stuff, but, uh, that kind of led me to the, the Bob Dylan, uh, documentary that's on Netflix called, uh, bring it all home. Or, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's what it, No Direction Home. Um, is that the Rolling Thunder review that, one or is it something else? That's a newer one. Um, but this okay. is one Scorsese did years ago um, called uh, No Direction Home. And, and it's really awesome. You should check it out. But Dylan apparently would sit at a typewriter um, mm-hmm. and he'd write page after page after page and and then, and, you know, take turn it into snippets. And, th- and that's why you know, if you're familiar with Dylan, he's got, sometimes he'll have a song with like 15 verses and they'll, you know, one time he'll do four, one time he'll do five, he'll rotate them. But it was cool to see. I never wrote like that. It just makes me want to sit down with a pen and a paper on an iPad or something and just write and then turn it into a song later, like giving it a different approach, try to mix it up and see what happens. Um, Yeah. Sometimes you have to, I don't know. I, again, there was, I, I said before I, I quit all the time. And some people are like, you got to take that and you got to push through it and write a bunch of it. And I'm like, I, I think when you're starting, you have to do that, but I'm not starting. And there, there are times where I'm just like, no, nope, this is, this is hot garbage. I'm going to, I'm going to put it down and go on about, it. and I, and honestly, I think you did not to get too hippy dippy about it, but I think sometimes, you know, the, the cup's empty and you got to fill it up with, you know, experience or life or just not music because you know if you start writing music about music most of the time you know for every for every moth the hoople who could pull that off there's an awful lot of journeys who suddenly all their albums were about you know being a touring musician yeah you know you gotta yeah, things have to actually happen or you have to have a good imagination which also helps you know you said something um on todd's uh todd show uh, six o'clock at Todd, everybody is a little plug. Check it out. Uh, <laughs> me and Chris have both done it and it's absolutely berserk. <laughs> it's something. It's really something. I went back and watched it. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I like how my reaction, like for 80% of it was just that nodding thing that the, the gif I said. To, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. But you said something on there that was, um, <clears throat> I'll write a song and I'll not, I won't put too much into the meaning. Um, 
and I'll realize later what it was about when I you know, get past it and kind of look back at that part of my life. You said something along yeah. those lines. Yeah, I had a whole, we did, um, there's the, the Honest Mistakes record called Get It Right. They, the names just ended up being, um, all of our albums and ended up being sentences. It's like the Honest Mistakes Break Up, the Honest Mistakes Get It Right, the Honest Mistakes Burn It Down. Those were like the three full lengths we did. And, uh, and Get It Right, we realized basically as we were like working on it and recording it, that these 10 songs were mostly about my and Joylene's relationship and a really hard time we were going through. And I don't remember the specifics, but I remember us talking about it well after the fact. And again, she was the singer. I'd write the songs, give them to her and she'd make them better. You know, like you want your singer to do. Mm -hmm. uh, but like listening back to that record later, we're like, wow, this is a lot of, wow, this is, Wow, this is a lot because <laughs> I, I didn't realize what I was doing at the time. I was just kind of living it. And this was this was a weird time. It was also my process was very different before we moved here because our lives were almost total and utter panic because we lived. I don't know how well you know the East Coast, but we basically we lived in North Baltimore. Our kids uh, were in daycare in Columbia and then we worked right outside of D.C. and Columbia is about halfway through. So the, that's two rush hours we'd go through every day. So we'd be in the car two to three hours a day every day, rushing everywhere, you know, just killing ourselves. And somehow when we had one kid and then two kids and then we were finding a way to have a band and play shows and make records. And somehow I was writing like a lot of songs in there, but it was just like you know, from tiny stolen moments, like I get an idea sitting at work and write myself an email with the idea and somehow, you know, carry that idea home and write it, you know, in, in another stolen moment at home and then demo it and then take it to the band on Sunday. And suddenly there'd be a song and suddenly there'd be 10 songs. And suddenly there'd be a record. And there are parts of doing these things that I can't remember at all because I was completely exhausted. You know, so it is a completely different, like we moved to Erie because our lives are better here. Like we actually get to see our kids. We didn't have a, you know, we had a, a 10 minute and then a 20 minute ride to work for Joylene as opposed to an hour and a half ride to work. And, you know, our kids are in a good school that isn't a private school and all of that. So, which is a long way of saying it, it got easier and harder when I got here. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and, and, and strange or not strange, but I totally, I can relate. Um, there's, there's certain song. I have songs like that too. Like it, there was a mm -hmm. lot going on in life or whatever. Um, and they just kind of came like lightning struck or something, you know, not hippie dippy, like you said, but something happened. But it's and, true, but it's I, totally I, true. And it I hits you. Yeah. And I didn't try, I didn't break mm -hmm. my back over this tune. It kind of came around, it exists. And I kind of forgot its origins, but look back on the time period that it came from. And I'm like, wow. Um, mm -hmm. Lately, I think there's been so much on my mind um, with getting clean and, and all this going on and, and trying to, you know, get financially right and trying to come back and do music um, better than ever. There's just like so much. Um, yeah. And, and I think that creative lightning or whatever it is, it doesn't work under force or pressure. You know, it's gotta be something that just happens. Um, and like you, I'll, you know, with all this going on, I'll sit around like I should write a tune. And then I just plan. I'm like, it's just, it's not happened today. The cup, the cup's not full today. Um, yeah. And so yeah, I had, uh, go ahead. 
Oh, you go ahead. You go ahead. No, I've been I'm, talking I'm, too much. No, no, I'm talking a lot too. I'm having a good time. Keep going, buddy. Oh, good, good, good. Oh, I was just gonna say I had like um, I had this this run where I had like, at one point I I said uh on more than one occasion that I was born too late that I was supposed to be like in the Brill Building or Tin Pan Alley where they wrote songs every day because I have the ability like I can do that I I can get an idea and bang it out and it'll be okay. Uh, but I get into the weird existential thing basically of like, does, does this need to exist? <laughs> you know, not like, is it the greatest song ever? Doesn't matter. Does it need to exist? And I had like, I had a run, like when I started playing solo, I had, I don't know, 10 or 15 songs that I wrote that were okay. I don't play them anymore because I wrote better ones, but like I had to do that run of, you know, learning to, learning to, to write things, you know, that would work for me and also you know as with most people it, it almost seems like a given to say that you deal with depression but i i do very poorly some of the time and other times better but um uh, you know there will be times where it's like there is no point to doing this there's just no point to doing it and then you know you come around hopefully at some point and go okay maybe there's some point to doing it like before i talked to you i had um a, a friend out of baltimore uh, does an open mic on on Monday nights, which, by the way, you'd have a lot of fun. You should come sometime. It, it's a good time. And uh, it's it's nice. It's not like I don't want to do a live streaming thing to play for an hour by myself, but playing a couple of songs and then chatting with people and getting the list of them play and then it coming back around, you know, like that's nice. And that kind of interested me in like not necessarily playing the same songs every time and kind of going through. And it's like, oh, I guess that song is OK. And it kind of, you know kind of got drawn back into it a little bit. I don't think us musicians are the greatest at knowing what our best work is or what sucks because I I'll do the same thing. I'll write a bunch of new songs and to me they're better. And um, of course, and everybody's new. Ah, I like that old yeah. stuff. I like some of those old stuff. Um but yeah, so you're saying this is a this is like a Zoom open mic that you do? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sounds well, awesome. Well, this one this one's on a thing called Tuneyard. Uh, on Wednesdays, we can talk about this off if you want, but there's, it's out of St. Louis on Wednesdays. It was out of this place called Apotheosis Comics, which is a great name. And my friend Rob turned me on to it. And this is just a Zoom one. I can just send you the link. And it's like, I think it's just eight to 10 hour time. And and it's so much fun. The the host is has, has a, a very singular way of hosting, very, very warm cut but quirky Midwestern vibe. This guy named Brian. I really enjoy it. And it's uh and, and again, they're very welcoming. So it's a, it's a good time. And doing that, like on Monday, I do Rob's open mic. And on Wednesday I do Brian's open mic. And that kind of gives me like, well, I better work on something to have for that. So it's given me, you know, kind of put my toe in as far as still playing and, you know, buying some halfway decent gear to be able to do that. Cause originally I was one of those guys on his iPhone, but I like, you know, got the i think you said we have the same or very close to the same uh webcam yeah and i yeah. have like yeah. that's fantastic it's what there's what be what's beautiful in all this is uh the world can change uh mm -hmm. it, the world can you know do all this crazy stuff at the end of the day you know we're still going to find a way to play and perform and share it with people no matter the scale or um 
And it just goes and, to show that we create because like, you know, it's not some, you know, we really need to, like, if I, oh, yeah. if I didn't do any music, you know, even times I've spent in like rehabilitation centers and stuff, I've always had a family member drop off an instrument and I've talked to my counselors mm-hmm. and they've agreed, like, you need to have a guitar. So I've never, I've never been, the only time I ever went without a guitar is I, I spent a few months in jail one time, <laughs> not my proudest yeah, moments, but that's, it kinda, was, that's kind of a hard one. Yeah. It was torture. Um, and I just love that. Do you talk about that? Um, yeah, I, I, I was still kind of in my, uh, heyday. I lived in oil city at the time and I ended up doing, uh, three months in county jail. Um, I, I think I've talked about it on this podcast before. And then I, I think, not, did you talk about it on Fred's one? Am I remembering correctly? Perhaps I, I, okay. um, I, I was in. Pittsburgh after high school and went to college in Pittsburgh. I bounced around a lot. Um, the party was escalating. The partying was escalating to a point where it wasn't fun anymore. It was kind of like I was, uh, you know, I was sucked in, um, met a girl, moved down to oil city, uh, ended poorly. I went to jail. Um, and then, uh, they shipped me off to, uh, Cadenzia Erie and that's how I ended up up here. Um, mm. but it, that, that was the only time and and I've never um you know wanted to go back obviously um and that really that really spoke to me that time in there because it was the first time that I had ever you know been without a guitar um been 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 uh unable to like go to the store when I wanted just the little stuff we take for granted every day sure. was, was gone um and you were in a cage um and that that stuck with me heavy um, not to mention I was detoxing off, off drugs. Um, so I'm sorry. Oh no, That's it's, tough. It, it was good for me, man. I'm grateful. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm learning to be grateful for all the, um, the bad shitty stuff that happened. Um, yeah. and eventually I hope it comes full circle and I can use all that to, uh, you know, help other people or, or, you know, make some beautiful art out of it. But yeah, hopefully you get something from it. I, um, now yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. That's it's, it brings up weird stuff for me. I, uh, we were talking before and that I, I didn't really start drinking till I moved here. And part of it was my, my mother was an addict. So I, um, I saw it, you know, I remember every once in a while, something will, you know how like things will come up from your childhood and you're like, you think they're fine. And then you see the reactions of people around you. Like, uh, we were, we were walking with the kids once and I mentioned how I used to play with crown Royal bags when I was a kid. Cause there were so many of them around and Joy Lee just shoots me a look. I'm like, oh yeah, probably shouldn't have said that one, huh? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So I, I remember going to visit her in a ward at one point. So I, I think there was a very, very specific reason that I didn't didn't drink for a long time because it's you know it it gallops in the family. So yeah, it, you, it probably left a you know a really bad taste in your mouth. Um, and I'm yeah. sorry, I'm sorry to hear that too, man. No, it's okay. I um I. I'm sorry to go so heavy so much. I can I can be a good time. I'm just apparently not one right no, now. No, but. dude, that's what this <laughs> podcast is all about. Um, I want to talk with creative people and uh, be light when it's time to be light, get deep. Yeah, um, right on. Because I dig the conversation aspect. And um, mm-hmm. I, I've never been a huge fan of like news on TV or even like, you mm-hmm. know, on TV talk shows. Yeah, they're funny and all, but I really got in the podcast because it was the – first time that you hear a long form conversation um oh yeah it wasn't 
you know, chopped up with commercials or trying to appease some sort of sponsor or whatever it may be. And it was just raw and unfiltered. Um, and that's kind of why I started this. Um, but I, but I can relate to that. My, my, my father, my biological father, um, Smilo is an adopted name. I was born Tyler Jones in, in Texas. Uh, and my biological father was out of the picture. Uh, and then I was adopted about four or five years old by um, a guy named John Smilo. But he, uh, he was into crystal meth. Um, and it's still to this day, he's in, he's in a federal prison. He calls me. I, I haven't seen him since I was like two or three. Um, and he calls me about once a week. Um, from prison in Texas. Um, and he's been dealing with, with those decisions for years and years. So, wow. you know, that's something I didn't live with. I, I was, my mom, uh, John Smith, he's a doctor and, and, you know, we always had what we needed growing up and, um, yeah, there was trouble like any household, but it, mm-hmm. it you know, I wonder if, if I would have grown up in that environment probably would have been similar to you. I'm sure like, you know, a bad taste in my mouth, I think a little bit, um, I thought like, you know, if, if, if I romanticized about drugs, I, I, I think I missed my dad and, and, and saw him, I don't know, I guess as a child or growing up, you kind of glorify stuff that's bad or, um, yeah. and I, I didn't know any better. I kind of lived in a square type household. So, um, but I knew my, my dad partied and I, and I liked Jim Morrison. <laughs> so, yeah, that. That one I that one I managed to I managed to evade that I think my uh, <laughs> my my folks my folks well they they never belonged together but you know you just see people like no that's a bad idea and they they got divorced when I was ten and then I remember my mom crying being sorry I'm like mom you you and I remember being a ten year old going mom you guys don't like each other you know like you should be married to each other yeah. And then she went off and married two more people, but that's a different story entirely. It, it's, um, it, the, life shapes us. And I think when you finally become an adult and it, it's, you know, you, you got to make your own path and mm-hmm. those things affect you, uh, probably in really deep ways, but it's, it's beautiful to see people come out of that and, and they don't got a big chip on their shoulders and they're yeah. able to turn it into positive things. That's all. That's awesome. Yeah. And just to not, I have heard much younger people saying, it's like, you know, you're grown up. It's time to stop hating your parents. Like, it's okay. <laughs> it's like, you're not 12. You can just, whatever it was, it doesn't do you any good. And and again, like I don't, and I didn't hate my parents, but you know, they're not here anymore. So well, I, I hate a memory, you know, like that, that person isn't even physically here. And I got, I got lucky. I got, I had a really good dad who was a grown up. Like I, people who knew him, Joylene, uh, I ran into a dear old friend when we were in Florida on a fluke who I hadn't seen in 30 years, but my dad was really important to him. And, and I was like, you know, it's not just that I lost my dad, which is bad, but we lost one of the really good grown ups, like guy, you know, dressed his age, never was trying to be down with the kids. He, you know, he paid his bills. He had a balanced checkbook. He knew where his stuff was. His ties were hung up. You know, he just like, he he had suits when he needed to wear suits. And then when he retired, he didn't wear suits anymore. He just like, he's like, ah, he was really good at being a grown up. And now we're the grown ups. Fuck. (laughs) That is, um, 
what what happened to those type types of people? It was <laughs> like a different my, my, generation. My, my, yeah. my grandpa is one of those guys. I think. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. You know, now, uh, do you know when you when was your grandfather born? If you don't mind my asking, do you know off the top yeah. of your head? It's. I'm gonna take a guess, but it's got to be. I know his. Um, it's got to be in like the the early 40s. You know. Yeah. Yeah, see, my uh, my dad was born in '39, so he could remember like World War II ending. You know, he was around for the '50s and the '60s. You know, and they just they they were raised differently. You know, I'm not saying better or worse, but there was very much a, you know, I, and that was also the generation of of American men who smoked and drank themselves to death, and he managed to not be one of those. So he managed to kind of, you know, skirt around that and not, not develop those kinds of problems. Like he smoked for decades. And then they're like, if you don't, you're precancerous. If you don't stop, you will get cancer. And he stopped and never smoked again. You know, he was just one of those guys. He's, he was a good dude. I I wish he was still around. Sounds (laughs) like a really good dude. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My kids don't get to know him better. They knew him some, but they didn't, they didn't know him enough. Yeah. I, so I, anyway, I, about songwriting. Um, <laughs> nah, that's. Hey, by the way, can you hear me all right? I can hear you just fine. Yeah. Okay. I'm, okay. Can, can you hear me okay? I hear you loud and clear, brother. Good. 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 Uh, I. Uh, oh, I know. I know. I did want to say something from before, though, when we were talking about songwriting. Yeah, go for it. Uh, seriously, I. I had this theory that that songwriting is is a relatively benign form of men, mental illness. It's basically okay. I have these words and this music in my head and I have to get it out and play it for strangers or it won't leave me alone. And I, it's like, I have to get this out now. I have to get it out now. Even if it's just tra-la-la, it has to get out. There, There's definitely something to that because mm-hmm. it's like when I'm writing good songs, life's good no matter if I have like, – Oh, it's I, so I, much better. Oh. Like, like it doesn't matter how much money I have. It doesn't really yeah, matter no. how many groceries I got. It doesn't matter if I have a vehicle at the moment. It's like if I'm writing good songs, like I'm winning life. Um, and when I started hitting – yeah, when I started hitting it, like uh, when I didn't like start getting to where I wanted songwriting-wise till like for a while there, like mid to late 20s, a little bit after. And like I remember one time like – waking Joylene up at like three in the morning to play her a new song. And she's like, that's really good. And I like years later, she's like, remember when you used to do that? I'm like, yeah, it was good times. When do you usually write? Uh, Now, now not at all as we previously covered. But I mean, Uh, like when you're, when you're in that writing flow, um, is it usually like when everybody's sleeping and you're kind of whispering through a melody? Cause I, I find that, um, I don't really, I don't really stay up super late anymore, but when I did, I would, uh, when I was really writing heavy and it like some of my best work, I feel like, um, it's when everybody was asleep and, oh, and you hit the, you hit that golden time where you're like, your brain seems to be running on something different. (laughs) You know, it's like one, two, three in the morning. Well, okay. I'll speak for myself. I, (laughs) I I would speak to others, but I mean, I just like the, or like I, I'd I'd have terrible insomnia. I had this thing where I'd, and it was really bad. I didn't even know this was in some, a form of insomnia, but I'd sleep for like two or three hours and then I'd be up all night and maybe sleep another hour. 
you know, but like in that span in between, I get stuff written or sometimes like, you know, driving home, I'll get an idea. I think part of the reason I'm not writing as much is because I'm not driving as much because mm-hmm. I get there. There's something about uh, how no matter what you're doing, that that was like a Mark Marin joke. He's like the, the thing about when things are really bad is it, you go drive because no matter how upset you are, how matter, no matter how freaked out you are, some part of your brain has got to drive the car. And yeah. and like and like when I go driving, it's like if I was driving and it's not like I'd have music on or a podcast on and it wouldn't be about what that was. It would just be about there being sounds and there being distractions and there'd be things where I'm not just sitting and listening to the buzzing in my head trying to get words out of it. And I that's think, where things would come up. I think that speaks to kind of the conclusion I've been making. And it's probably an obvious one, but like when you're in autopilot almost, when you're not thinking, you're mm-hmm. um, kind of dazed a little bit, um, yeah. you lose pressure and it's kind of just, it is what it is. Cause anymore, you know, when I sit around and write thinking like I need to outdo my last song, I need to, mm-hmm. this has got to be the one that people really, you know, like, you know, I, this has got to be one that brings in. It's like all that stuff is just like killing. It's static. It's, it's kill, just static. It's killing yeah. anything that, you know, you're being hypercritical, critical. Um, that best stuff does come when you're kind of just cruising an autopilot yeah. and, and you're, you can't be critical while you're writing it. You can, you can maybe go back and edit it with a critical eye, but yeah, just getting, I think you said it before. And again, it sounds hippy dippy, but it's true. It's like the flow state. Like when you're in it, you know, and it's like, that's when it's joyous. Like, can you believe I just wrote that? Mm-hmm. That I had somebody, I, I Todd, he's like, I really like that song you wrote. It's a really good song. I'm like, thanks. I really like it too. You know, and it wasn't a, it wasn't an ego thing. It's like, yeah, can you believe there's a thing here that wasn't here before? And now it's here and we both like it. How great is that? You know, it's like you, you win. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is a beautiful thing, man. And, it, and it, like you said, it, it's like a mental illness almost because it's like a, it's like a love, yeah, hate, absolutely curse situation. Yeah. I, and I've had like the, there were times where I will like wake up at like one or two in the morning and have a thing and have to write it down. Cause I know. Is like, if I don't write this down now, it's not going to happen later. And I had that, I had the run that the only time I did the really like, like sit down and write every day thing is like a couple of years ago when we were here, it was, it had to be within the last three years because we were in our house in Fairview and we're, uh, and I got an idea and I wrote it and then I'm like, well, I had this other idea and then I finished it. So I wrote two songs, finished two songs in a night. And then the next night I had another idea and I went and I wrote it and I demoed it and that wasn't bad. And I kept going. I'm like, and then I just like out of curiosity, like, I wonder how long this is going to go on. And the only thing that was different was if I got, I'll, I'll have stuff floating through my head all the time. Lines floating through my head, music floating through my head all the time. But this time, every time it happened, I wrote it down. Not like a big thing, not like stop everybody, but just like, oh, no, 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 write it down. And then whatever it was I had, I'd, I'd go in on the other side of the house and take a beer with me and my phone. And I wouldn't leave the room until I had written it, wrote, written, wrote it out with the changes <laughs> wrote and it. then wrote it, d- done wrote it. Uh, well, it, it's the idea, like, it's the thing I used to do is like, I used to just write the words and like figure the song out and maybe write the chords down. I'm like, I'll remember it. 
you don't remember it. But I started actually like demoing songs, which seems so obvious. But it's like, demo it when you write it, man. Just do it. So you have it and it exists. And I ended up writing, it went like, I think it was 19 days. It was like 20 songs over 19 days. And I pulled like at least half of those songs ended up being like really useful. You know, like like stuff I ended up really enjoying playing and people liked and we did things with. And it's like, so sometimes you can do it. You know, if you if you actually give into it, it can be good. So here we go, Chris. Okay. We're gonna lightning end, round. We're gonna okay. we're gonna end the Sink Swimmer Fly episode with a challenge. Oh, okay. Okay, that we're both gonna do. Oh, all right. Do I have to write something down? No, no, not right this second. But I want me and you, um, every night for the next seven days or every day, write at least half a page. No guitar. Don't worry about melody. We'll just write kind of like freestyle work on something like half a page long. It could be anything um, that we'll use at some point, hopefully, to get some songs out of. You down with that? Every I'll do it too. You do it. And then we can either... Uh, in a week, we can do another like little uh, skimp it for Sync from Flyer. We can just call each other up on the phone and see what we got. Because I've been talking about, seems like we're both kind of in this weird rut. Um, and I've been really thinking about, you know, just putting the guitar down, quit putting so much pressure on melody, all this shit, and just writing some words and then trying to come up with some music to it eventually. Um, but I haven't been writing anything. So it kind of seems like that's where you were heading with what you were just saying. What do you think? Yeah, I think we can do that. I uh, I don't normally like homework, but but for you, for you, I'll it's, do that. It sounded cool, Super. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it sounds cool. good. It sounded cool in my yeah. head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like uh, that's almost like the. Uh, I think there's there's this book Joylene has called The Artist's Way, and I think there's a thing about doing your pages first thing in the morning, where you're supposed to just write stuff before you do anything else. You're supposed to go write. Well, kind of something like that. It doesn't have to be in the morning, but just like every day. Mm-hmm. We're, we're jotting something down. It doesn't have to be a full giant page or a book. Just just a thought, maybe a song idea, maybe a couple of lyrics. Um, and just after a week, you know, we'll go back over it and, and, and see if we can turn our, our stuff into some songs. Or maybe even bounce it off each other. Like, hey, Tyler, I wrote this uh, on day two. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know what would work great with that? Or, you know, bounce off a couple of ideas. And we can do like a little half-hour podcast about it in a week or so. That could be interesting. Uh, can we start tomorrow? Or are we starting today? Because we'll start there's only an hour left in today. <laughs> yeah, we'll start tomorrow. Because uh, I am, you know, I am uh, getting to that point where it's hard to, I start zoning out because I'm tired and. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, honestly, I had like normally I, you know, I the on Monday nights, I I like to have a couple of drinks before I go to that open mic because it's fun, you know, loosens, loosens you up. And I end up, you know, but I'll get sleepy after a while. Like I'm not I'm not really a good drunk because I can't like I don't go like long, you know, I'll just have like, you know, two or three or four. And then I'm like, well, that was fun. I'm going to bed now, you know, except for really special occasions. But, um, but I'm like, yeah. So I was, I was like, people were like, yeah, I'm drinking this tonight. I'm like, I'm not drinking anything. I have to go to a podcast in a little while. I'm going to be an adult. Blah. You could, always, so, you could have always showed up to the little meeting drunk as hell, you know, be like, was, I'm, Chris, are yeah, you drunk? <laughs> no, usually I, I keep my diction pretty effectively. So, so it's normally, it's just a little, 
you know, it's it's a little a little more freewheeling. Yeah, that's so, okay too. Absolutely. Um, but I I love the idea. Uh, because because I need a little kick in the ass to get some stuff right. flowing. It sounds like you could use a little kick in the ass and we can team up on something. And I think it's something I've never really done on the podcast and we can do a quick like recap in seven days. Yeah. Yeah. That should be fun. Uh, do you want to? Yeah, I think so. Do you want to do you want to um, do you want to like like attach it to the end of this one or what do you want to do? Well, no, I'm going to, I'm, I'm pro- okay. This is Monday night, y'all the 11th. I'll probably have yes. this. I'll probably have this podcast up by like, um, by like Wednesday. Um, cause I, okay. I've got one in the bag from the other night that I did and I have not edited and put it up yet. Um, Are you at Liberty to discuss who that one's with? Oh, I did it with a gentleman named Justin Rose. So this one will come out after that one. Um, he is the lead okay. engineer at GCR audio in Buffalo. Okay. Um, they that's, that's owned by, uh, Robbie from the Google dolls. Um, Oh, wow. And he's worked, uh, Justin's a cool guy. He did the Smilo and the ghost record. Um, he did my record, the painter. Um, but he's worked with like, you know, he's worked on James Taylor projects and, uh, Google projects and stuff. He's a cool guy. Um, kind of a soft spoken dude. And, and, uh, and uh, he was like, at first, I was like, do a podcast. He's like, about what? I'm like, what are you talking about? You've mixed, you've mixed James Taylor. He's like, well, send me a list of questions and we'll see, you know? Um, yeah, I feel like there'll be stories there. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's funny you say, like, the idea of, um, you know, you needing a kick. Because it seems like everything I've seen, like, every time I ever talk to you, it's like, yeah, I have this, I have this whole record in the can. I have part of this record in the can. I've already got the next one written. And it's like, yeah, that's a lot. It's like, and, I, and honestly, I've always written a lot. So it's weird to not be writing. Well, you know, not coming as naturally. Like I want to mm-hmm. try something new. Um, maybe we'll start doing this. Maybe I'll start doing a little artist challenge at the end of these episodes, um, getting some more people in on it. But it's, it's, uh, it hasn't been, I really got a push to get something out. And this, uh, mm-hmm. this profound ramblings record I'm working on has been really, Oh, cool. by the way, that, that one song, I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, I keep good, meaning good. to tell you this. I meant to tell you when I talked to you, when, um, you were helping Todd out with the thing the other day and he and I were talking about it. What's the one, the song that you played on his thing that has the word banjo in the title. Uh, I call that heart like a banjo. It's such a good song because like and the way you set it up, you're like, yeah, I've been doing this thing where I like, you know, I start playing whatever comes out, comes out and I had to go back and learn it. And honestly, I'm listening to that. And I the, the story, it, it starts badly, but it ends well. But I'm listening to that the way you described it. I'm like, oh, this isn't going to be good. And then like you played it. I'm like, this is really good. And it had that like thing where it, like the time changed and it slowed down the one part. And like, let's do it a couple of times. It had that like little, nice little turns in it. And he and I were talking about it for a while. Like, that's, that's a really good song. That was all. <laughs> well, dude, that's, that's the weird thing. I, I think initially my, my, my first skill with music was just being able to make shit up. I'd be the drunk guy at a campfire, you know, partying and could sing for hours and people would yell topics out and I'd start making it up in freestyle. And, and I'd go yeah. and sign up for open. This is back in my Pittsburgh days, 2006, 2007. And I'd sign up for open mics. I'd do home recordings and I wouldn't never had any songs. I just something I did. Um, mm-hmm. And I got away from that. And as of recently, like we're talking, I haven't been, you know, pumping out 
I've been so judgmental on everything and like keep throwing yeah. stuff out. I'll write something. I'm like, oh, fuck this and toss it. Um, so this was a way for me to try to open the doors to that flow again. Um, and I think I've got eight tracks for it now. Um, and I'm kind of, you know, I don't love every single one of them. Um, but it is for sure opening a door and, and I wanted to try this writing stuff down and, and maybe using it in, in melody and stuff later on. So with what mm-hmm. we're talking about with this little challenge, it's going to be cool, but I appreciate that, man. Um, that's something I used to do really well, but it's difficult now because when you try to do a chorus and I'm recording, um, sometimes if you check out the record, when it comes out, you'll notice that the chorus like subtly changes and then, yeah. and then, you know, I'm not doing, you know, four lines chorus i'm doing like eight lines two you yeah. know chorus two lines so it's kind well, of all over the road yeah. but I'll that's try to from before it. you knew the the form yeah i remember doing that where it reminded me of when i started writing stuff and you weren't so locked into has to be this many bars has to be this many bars chorus goes here verse goes here intros over here the bridge is here and it was it was a little more it was a little more i don't know uh you know not shapeless but going off in different directions and coming back around in a way that maybe you don't do once you kind of get locked in. Like those first couple of uh, Elton John records where they didn't know song form and Bernie Taupin would just write something and Elton John would take it and go write songs to it. So if you listen to uh, especially the first album called Elton John and Skyline Pigeon before it, the songs don't necessarily have verse chorus structure because they didn't know what that meant yet. They just yeah. wrote stuff. Yeah. That's interesting. I never knew that. Yeah. 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 Fun facts with Chris. I, that's why I love, I've had such an attraction with Bob Dylan mm-hmm. um, because his first few records, um, like Oxford town and uh, he's got a song called bear mountain and a bunch of other ones, but you can tell that he's just fucking going. Yeah. Um, and he had one of those rare shots in life. And I think Johnny cash helped sync this up for him, but um he he got to do that with Columbia Records recording them, you know. <laughs> but he yeah. um, he would come in and just make shit up. Yeah, that documentary I was talking about earlier, No Direction Home. You got to check it out because it's really interesting. I'll have to because like, I guess some of the um the higher ups at Columbia are like, "Are you kidding me with this dude? Like this is not like what we had in mind." Uh, and I, I guess Johnny Cash was one of those guys. It's like, no, trust me, you know, this, this guy's the real deal. He's going to be something. And they're like, I don't know. This seems like a bunch of trash. <laughs> yeah. But then again, it's Johnny Cash. So you, you do what Mr. Cash says. Absolutely. You know, what's fun. Go on. Like, if you haven't seen them, if you ever need, need a documentary to watch in, I don't know how you feel about them either way. It doesn't matter. If you go to YouTube and you type in Pink Floyd and documentary, there are like six to eight from very good to absolutely excellent documentaries about them. Like, you know, making of Dark Side of the Moon, making of Wish You Were Here, or like the time between like when Sid left and they started making, you know, the more Roger oh, I, Waters stuff. I was obsessed with uh, with Pink Floyd for a while. Uh, Piper at the Gates of Dawn. Um, yeah, that's the early stuff. Yeah, yeah Saucer Full of Secrets, Umaguma. And then I, I love Sid Barrett. You know, when I was in my acid days, Sid Barrett was like my hero, but you know, you, you come to find out later that that story didn't end very well. No, no, it didn't go, didn't go so great for him. He looked, he looked real cool for a while there, but no, uh, um, those, those docs are so great though, because you can either 
get really into what they're talking about, like all the all the stuff and the machinations, or you can not pay very close attention and read something in the background and it's all very soothing British voices just going and then you'll hear like, you know, you'll hear like part of Dark Side of the Moon for like six minutes or so it can you know, they're they can be really useful for that. They just were one of those bands that just masterpiece after masterpiece. I mean, pigs or an, the animals record mm-hmm. um, and dark side of the moon and wish you were it here. It took me a long time to get into them. Like I really, I didn't get them as a young man at all. And then I started paying attention as I got older. And it's weird because a lot of their songs are about middle age and it was all written when, you know, Roger Waters was like in his mid twenties, you know, it's a very, it's a very, you know, English kind of despair uh, that that hits a very certain note when you you get to a certain age. You'll just have to trust me on this. <laughs> no, I, I I need. They're one of those bands that uh, I'll forever love, but don't listen to a lot. I need to crack. Yeah. I'll take you up on that. I'll check out some YouTube stuff on them. Those those are a lot. The best one I think it. I think it's called like from uh, from Sid to the Dark Side. I want to say. Don't quote me on that, but it's basically from how they went from, and it's all the stuff you were taught, like metal and umagama and all that stuff in the middle, uh, between there and, uh, and getting to sounding like the Roger Waters Pink Floyd. And it's really interesting, like their, their path from, from like, cause that's kind of impossible, you know, like, what do we do? The guy who wrote all the songs is gone. Well, I have an idea, you know, and they go from there. It's really scary how much, how much talent and raw raw potential was in that that band all around yeah yeah that they lost they lost their main guy and then they went on and had their biggest success and then that guy got booted and or left and then they made a couple of okay records you know it's like it's weird and then like gilmore solo stuff is all right like it's not great but it's all right i you always know? i always it was weird like they completed each other almost because mm-hmm. I loved uh, what Rogers brought to the table creatively. Mm-hmm. But I always, my favorite singing parts on some of those records were the Gilmore parts. Well, uh, Waters couldn't sing and he'd tell you so. He, uh, he, he couldn't sing at all. Like he, he was could... a master at, at that, that sound. Oh, and his, well, that I, I have this thing. Like I, I'm, I'm a, I don't, have to have great lyrics when I listen to music, but there will be times where I'm tired of Moon June Spoon and just garbage lyrics. You know, there there are times when it's it's fine for the music, but then like every once in a while, I was like, I I just really I need something that feels like it was written on purpose. You know, with a purpose and a direction and a thought and some editing and some, you know, as opposed to just blah and it's there. So I, and one of the places I go back to is like waters era pink floyd like i'll put on wish you were here or you know or dark side of the moon and i even think like parts of dark side of the moon i don't love but wish you were here is probably the record i enjoy the most out of those but like putting those on and i'm like oh okay yeah he meant this yeah like this is solidly done like even if you're not always into it it's like well that is whether you like it hate it or somewhere in between you know he meant to put exactly what's on there you know there's a there's a lot of thought went into that a lot of a lot of trauma from his past was definitely 
was definitely dredged up for that. I heard I heard once, and I and I've really looked into it too deep, but um, that Roger Waters got a lot of lyrics from ancient poetry books or ancient ancient Chinese poetry books. I had not heard that. I thought I had thought that a lot of his lyrics came from his like you know losing his father in World War II. It seems like a lot of that. It, it a lot of that seems to to pop up there, but maybe well, these well, things are mutually exclusive. Well, yeah, well, I'm sure that he definitely did write, and probably that that's one of those great you know rock and roll myths that mm-hmm. I heard. Oh, it doesn't have to be true to be a great story, you know. It's like that's that's fantastic. Like who who would say they were wrong? Like that's too good of a story to not put out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well Christopher, you you like yes, you, is Christopher all right? Sure. I, right. It doesn't come up a lot, but I'll answer to it. It's it's what's on the birth certificate, so it's technically right. Well, Chris, Eric, thanks for this late night Sink Swimmer Fly episode. We're gonna catch back up. Um, we'll do a we'll do a we'll do a snippet episode in exactly a week from today. If you're down with that, we'll make sure, sure. it works. Um, mm-hmm. I appreciate your time, brother, and it's been cool to get to know you over the last few weeks. Yeah, it's been good. It's good. I'm I'm really glad we could do this. I hope Absolutely. I uh, I hope I was vaguely interesting at some point. Absolutely. Hold on for two seconds. Sure. I gotta get rid of this. Okay, something popped up on my screen. All right, man. Uh, I hate when that happens. <laughs> you you sleep well, dude, and I will talk to you soon. All right, man? Sounds good. I'll uh, I'll start working on my homework tomorrow. All right, later, y'all. Okay. Thanks, man. Bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.